Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Sydney Kings left the door ajar for New Zealand, and they kicked it in. Their second win of the season in the Hungry Jacks NBL, 82 to 75. Really struggled early offensively. Uh, also, you know, kind of you see you saw it on our guys' faces a little bit of struggle. Absolutely normal in our situation. The big thing is that we dug in. Um, Few shots started falling, made a few big plays, a few offensive rebounds, got a few big stops, and uh, pulled out a great win. Well, the Breakers showed plenty of fight to record just their second win of the NBL season, coming from behind to beat the Kings 82 75 in Sydney last night. No one knows more about the current state of the NBL and uh, how the Breakers are going than ESPN Australia basketball expert Liam Santa Maria, who joins us from across the Tasman. Now, Liam, uh, good morning to you. Um, now, it's two and seven, the Breakers, and uh, I don't know why, but it sounds a whole lot better than one and eight. They needed that. <laughs> good morning, Ian. Uh, yeah, they sure did. Every win is a, is a great win for the Breakers right now after that 0-5 uh, that start. And that's two wins from their last three games now. So some, some things just starting to build, some momentum um, starting to grow here, which is which is great for the Breakers. And, uh, geez, didn't they just come storming home in those last five minutes uh, against uh, the Sydney Kings? Really, really good to watch. A lot of us over here who, you know, uh, are sort of um, independent observers uh, are pulling for the Breakers right now. We know how hard that they're, they're doing um, in terms of being over here for the the length of the season for a second straight year, essentially. Um, so it was great to see them come up big time in crunch time and uh, and get another win. Incredible 18-1 to 1, uh, run at the end, um, well, which is an illustration, of course, that they got their act together. But did Sydney implode to a certain extent? I mean, that is a huge turnaround in a game of basketball. Yeah, it's been something the Kings have been struggling with their fourth quarter execution. Um, they, you know, they play an, an up-tempo style, but um, they've shown an inability in fourth quarters to get good shots. You know, the game slows down and it becomes a little bit more of a half-court affair, usually in crunch time. And you know, the the question starts to be asked: How good is your execution? And the breakers, um, theirs was far, far better yesterday. And the Kings have have had those fourth quarter struggles in maybe three or four of their games so far this season. So there's some definitely some issues there for Chase Buford and the Kings to work out. But um, the Breakers, uh, they're more concerned about getting a, a win themselves and moving on. And uh, Finn Delaney was excellent. Uh, Peyton Seaver and Jeremiah Martin, that import duo that Dan Shamir has coming off the bench right now, they were sensational, combined for nearly 40 points a game. And... Um, eventually they were able to get themselves humming in that fourth quarter and run over the top. So no Tom Abercrombie, which is always going to be a huge hole. So much experience uh, for the Breakers to try and replace a, 
the season is also, uh, like a lot of uh, sporting sides around the globe, has been affected uh, due to COVID. So uh, are we finally seeing now uh, those players you talked about, Delaney, Siva, Martin, starting to do the jobs they've been brought in to do? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. I mean, I feel like Jeremiah Martin, for the most part, has been doing that over the course of the season. Yanni Wetzel has been sensational for this team. He hasn't he hasn't had his best weekend. He wasn't particularly dominant uh, yesterday or, or the game prior against Melbourne United, but he's been really good over the course of the season. Um, Findelaney has been solid, but he was back to kind of his usual self yesterday. We saw last season... He took the leap to becoming an All-NBL second-team performer and just a you know a consistent star game in, game out. Well, he hasn't quite been at that level over the course of this season, but he was yesterday. 21 points, 9 rebounds, 3 of 6 from long range. Uh, that's way more like it from Findelaney. Uh, this is a really talented team. You know, now that they've got Peyton Seaver back in the lineup, healthy, out there on the floor, playing at a high level, 17 points five rebounds and five assists from Siva. Um, this is a fully loaded team. And um, it's, you know, now, now that they're sort of starting to find their flow and they've got those guys playing at a high level, um, they become really dangerous. And, you know, the Sydney Kings found that out the hard way yesterday. But I think you're right to mention the, the ongoing um, uh, sitting out of Tom Abercrombie because he's, he's a huge piece. You know, as you say, he's veteran experience. He's been there and done it. But he's also their kind of key stopper. He's the guy that Dan Shamir can put on um, the star offensive player of their opponent. Anywhere, really, from the point guard right through to the power forward. And uh, Tom Abercrombie will get a job done. Well, well, he's been sitting out all this time. And they've had to find other guys to, to carry that load. So there's still some upside for this team when, when he comes in and as they continue to build and... Uh, as I said, two wins from th- their last three games, and they've got a game on Wednesday against the Tasmania Jack Jumpers, which is very, very winnable. So things are starting to look up a little bit for the Breakers. Okay, well, that means if they're looking up for the team, they're looking up for coach, maybe Dan Shamir. We heard his voice just before you joined us. Uh, he's into his third season now, Liam. Uh, that's about the time you start looking at coaches and thinking, well... Uh, have they made the progress? Have they developed the way that uh, we've employed them to do? Where do you think Dan Shamir is, bearing in mind the, the stop-start season with COVID, etc., where, where do you think Dan, Dan Shamir sits in terms of pressure on performance? Look, there's always pressure on performance at this level. Um, no doubt about that. Yeah, this, Matt Walsh and you know that Breakers ownership group has put this team together to, to win, you know, and that they... Yes, they, they've got extreme challenges in terms of being stuck overseas, playing all their games essentially on the road. Uh, that's just remarkably difficult to do. Um, but, you know, they maintain that they've got a you know, a championship contending kind of team um, in terms of the quality of their roster, and uh, they want to be in that mix. So there's always that kind of pressure. But I think Dan Shamir is a terrific coach. Um, they've had a really, they haven't had a good run of things um, in terms of those other circumstances while he's been at the helm. Um, and I think, you know, you, you get a really strong impression that Matt Walsh and that ownership group feel the same because last off season they extended Dan Shamir and associate head coach Motti Mayor for another couple of years. They're now contracted 
until the end of the 2023-24 season. So, um, you know, if the Breakers, you know, were to make any kind of move on their coaching staff, well, geez, they'd be, they'd be paying out a whole bunch of money for an extended couple of years there. So I, I, those guys are locked in. Uh, there's a lot of kind of faith and belief in them from, from that, that organisation. And I think it's well-placed. You know, if, you, if that team had the kind of a regular schedule with 14 home games per season like everybody else does, um, they would be well and truly in contention. So uh, you've got to kind of keep that uh, in um, your thoughts when you're assessing this team. And um, I think Mm -hmm. it's nice to see them building and getting some wins under their belt after that horrible start. Okay, we look at that trend, Liam. Um, And as you say, uh, they've got the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers on Wednesday night. That, That kind of... I hate that the phrase must win, but I've got to sort of throw it in here. If you're looking at trends and the trend is up um, with the combinations and players becoming available, that sort of is in that bracket, isn't it? Uh, Wednesday's quite a telltale game. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think, you know, if you're, you're trying to build something, you're trying to get yourself up off that sort of bottom section of the ladder and up into the mix of, of a playoff contending team, you need to beat the jack jumpers. You know, I don't think that that's just kind of the, the perspective of the breakers right now. I think everybody would feel that way because you know, they're an expansion team. Um, they, they don't have the kind of talent that a lot of, you know, all the other teams do have. They've got some nice pieces, but in year one, um, that's a team that you should beat, be beating if, you know, you want to be taken seriously. Now, there's been, you know, uh, uh, some, some good teams that have, lost to them already this season. They've got two wins under their belt. The Brisbane Bullets are a playoff contending team. They lost to the Jack Jumpers on, on, on opening night. Um, this is a tough league. Anybody can beat anyone on any given day. But I think you're right. If you're the Breakers, you're saying, all right, we're playing well. We're going down. Yes, we're playing on the Jack Jumpers home court. It's a peculiar situation. They're playing a home game on their opponent's home court, which is very, very odd. Um, so there'll be a bunch of Jack Jumpers fans in the building pulling for that team, but you're Dan Shamir and you're the Breakers, you're looking at that game saying, well, this is very much a, a game that we should win. We've got to get this thing to continue to build. So, yeah, must watch TV on Wednesday night. Must watch, all right. Um, how about the Perth Wildcats? We've got a slight vested interest being uh, SEN people, of course, uh, part of the family <laughs> and the Perth Wildcats. So... Uh, I don't know if our boss is uh, listening to this particular interview, but cheer him up. Uh, anyway, just in case he is, uh, Liam, uh, they look good, the Perth Wildcats. Who beats them? Uh, not many teams, that's for sure. Um, especially over there in, in RAC Arena in the jungle in Western Australia. Um, but that's not where they are right now. They're going to play a bunch of games um, out of town and they've had a tough couple of weeks, ravaged by COVID. Uh, almost everybody in their in their their travelling squad, um, picking up COVID and and dealing with it. Mitch Thornton managed to dodge it. The head coach Scott Morrison managed managed to dodge it. But my understanding is pretty much everyone else has been in a bit of a bad way. So um, they have had some time off the floor trying to get right, and then they need to step out there tomorrow night in Adelaide against the 36. This is a game that's been postponed and rescheduled a couple of times. So we're finally going to get it happening and um, it's a big game the Wildcats of course they're rolling on the top of the table having played most of their games so far at home 
Um, but we've seen from Brisbane last week, from southeast Melbourne this week, um, teams that have been sitting out for a long time with COVID have struggled in their first game back. Well, both these teams are in that situation. The Adelaide 36ers haven't played for a really long time as well. Last time they played, they got whacked by the Cairns Taipans and they've been desperate to bounce back. So there's some different interesting storylines for this game tomorrow night. And um, for most of us, it's just exciting to see those two teams back out there because we haven't seen them in action for quite such a long time. Liam, can we just have a, a quick look at uh, the NBA too? I mean, I follow the NBA because I love basketball, but I'm also uh, a little bit of a punter and I include basketball in some of my multis. And I'll tell you what, this season has been so frustrating finding a pattern. <laughs> I mean, if there's, if there's one team that, that looks to be semi-reliable in terms of that, it's the Phoenix Suns atop the Western Conference. I think probably the most consistent side. Wow, that's music to my ears. Yeah, that's, that's my squad. The Phoenix Suns, um, obviously we went to the championship series last year and uh, looking to build on that. And uh, I think, yeah, we've been good. You know, we've been good. Kicked off today's action with a, with a win over the Pistons. And um, we're atop, as you say, of the, the Western Conference. So um, I, I, that's one team you should throw in there for sure uh, when you're looking at, at, the, the, at, at filling out your multi. Um, but... It's really hard to bet on the NBA regular season, you know, mm. especially this year with, with all the guys in and out of lineups and, um, you know, all the, everyone jumping in and out of health and safety protocols. Really, really tricky, but sort of fine consistency. But the, but the Suns, I think the Warriors now, as we gear towards the second half of the season, those teams in the West, I think, are, are, look to be careering towards a showdown in the Western Conference Finals, which... Um, from a personal perspective, would be very fun to watch. And, of course, uh, sitting third or fourth on the table at the moment, um, our Grizzlies, we adopt anything that Stephen Adams is uh, with, of course. So uh, Grizzlies <laughs> have had, had, um, have had a pretty promising start, and Morant, of course, has been outstanding for them. Which well, is he's fun to watch, isn't he, John Morant? Um, I remember chatting with him a couple of years ago when the Breakers went over and played pre-season game against the Grizzlies, and... I was asking him, I said, oh, well, how do you feel about taking on this uh, teenager, uh, RJ Hampton? He looked me dead in the eye. I said, mate, he didn't say mate. He said, I'm a teenager. <laughs> and that was his answer about playing RJ Hampton. He's just kind of built that way. He's a, he's a competitor. He wants to be great. And he's having an all-star level season, um, Ja Morant. And geez, they've been unbelievable, the Grizzlies. They just had a 12-game winning streak snapped the other day so they've been firing on all cylinders they've had a bunch of kind of uh other players stepping up Desmond Baines having a, ter- a terrific year and um they've been they've been really fun to watch so they've roared their way to, to third on the Western Conference standings 30 and 15 record and um yeah if you're if you're pulling for that team well you've had a pretty good time of things over the last few weeks well, I'm just looking at uh 76ers they're nine and one in the last 10 games so they don't appear to be missing Ben Simmons as much as you Australians would like. <laughs> oh, geez, what a saga. Man, we're just uh, <laughs> over here now. We're at the point. We just really want this thing to get sorted out. Trade the man. Let's, let's, just, let's just move it on. And any way we can possibly just get Ben back out on the floor and start to move on from, from all of this is, would be a great result. So 
Uh, hopefully, there's been reports out of the States in, in recent times about um, his representation, Rich Paul and that clutch group sitting down with Daryl Morey in the Philadelphia 76ers front office. Um, the, the word that continues to be used in those reports is stalemate, which is not particularly promising, but um, the opportunity to, to swing some trades is, um, is, is there now. Um, the deadline, February 10, hopefully something can get worked out with somebody to get Ben Simmons out of town and, and back on the floor because at this point, it just doesn't look like it's going to get worked out there in Philadelphia and our fingers are crossed that he can find himself elsewhere. Liam, really enjoyed talking to you this morning and uh, thanks very much for the update on uh, the NBL and the NBA. I look forward to perhaps talking to you again shortly when uh, we can have uh, another look at hopefully an even better performance uh, from the Breakers. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Cheers, Ed. Good to chat. Yeah, yeah, very good indeed. Uh, Liam Santa Maria there with his take. Uh, he's out of ESPN. Uh, in Australia, so uh, he runs his finger over across uh, all the basketball competitions around the world, and uh, great to catch up with him this morning.